Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. This is episode number 18 with Dr. Josie Alquist, a good friend of myself and a collaborator on the Connect EDU Podcast Network which is a new group that I am a part of uh, with some other fine higher ed folks. So I'm uh, really cool to catch up with Josie. Um, I've interviewed her twice in the past, so I'll link out to those episodes and everything else uh, that we talk about. Um, but just really uh, appreciate her energy. Uh, she's just such a go-getter and um, really just adds a great dose of uh, kind of fun-sized uh, disruption uh, to the field here that I always appreciate. So um, always fun talking with her. And uh, uh, yeah, just after this brief message from our sponsor, this is episode number 18 with Dr. Josie Alquist. It's an honor to have our good friends at SwiftKick be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted best student leadership program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention High Red Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out, swiftkickhq.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. Okay, well, I uh, greatly appreciate you uh, hanging out here, Josie. This is, uh, I guess now, I think another uh, three-peat guest that I have, uh, Ama Marfo and uh, Kristen Abel being others, so it's like a a three-peat, three-peat, um, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time. I uh, know you kind of uh, fellow podcaster here, somebody who appreciates the, uh, the craft and the medium, and I feel like kind of gets the, the higher ed geekitude uh, that, powers, <laughs> that powers this show, but um, yeah, we will just uh, dive right in here, and we'll get started as we always do. Uh, if you just want to introduce yourself and kind of give the Cliff Notes version of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. You just quickly set me down a little memory lane, considering, (laughs) like, I think I was one of the first guests on the Student Affairs Spectacular. um, You you and Tom both interviewed me. And, I mean, I was still pretty early on in my journey as a blogger. and I was in my doc program still. So I was just like rattling off all of these journals people should be reading because that's what I was doing in my free time. Uh, and then the second podcast was when my husband and I jumped on and we talked about YouTube and rap battles and all that fun stuff. So and even that was a few years ago. So and now here we are. And this is so cool. Now your own show. I dig it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, so my name is Josie Alquist. I am, I have multiple roles and trouble that I cause out into the higher ed sphere. Um, I am affiliated with Florida State University. I'm a research associate and instructor in their leadership learning research center. I research about social media and college students and how uh, executives and administrators and faculty how these tools um, really show up in the work that we do, especially through the lens of leadership. And then I also am a speaker and consultant. So I was just speaking at AFLB Central, which is a uh, Greek-affiliated uh, conference. Joe Biden just spoke there. I wasn't on the same stage as him. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. I was in the same space as him, but um, that is 
That's my claim to fame. (laughs) (laughs) I shared a room with the former vice president. Me and 3,600 other very uh, enthusiastic attendees. Um, Yeah, so I I spend my time speaking to students to empower them to think uh, differently, both about their uh, digital presence, but get them to be content creators and not just consumers. And sometimes I call that leadership. Sometimes I call it influence or branding. Um, And then I'm also doing a lot of work with like student affairs divisions or entire universities from their communication offices to their um, teaching and learning centers, really to try to solve people problems through platforms through a positive lens. So I know Twitter's not perfect. I know podcasting isn't always perfect. Uh, but how can we approach these very quickly evolving tools, at least with some strategic lens? And, um, you know, kind of putting our frustrations with the tools aside to at least try to problem solve. And that's what I just get really geeked about is, I mean, I can stumble a lot through these tools. And that's why, for example, I'm doing this live stream series on my Facebook page called Dr. Josie Live. So I can do that so I can learn the mistakes and the successes to teach other people. So I see myself as an educator and experimenter that you can learn from me and maybe laugh at me along the way too. But I come from student fairs. I was on campuses um, for a little over 12 years and then got my doctorate. And it was through that process of my research that I started to dip my toes into this independent kind of uh, entrepreneur life and just loved it. So I'm trying to kind of straddle both ends to both continue to be a researcher um, and teach with a campus, but also do my own thing um, and be kind of on the cusp of certain things with tech. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, like how you kind of approach things. And I think that's why it's resonating with people a lot is that, you know, uh, it's not the, the one side where it's like be fearful and that's like kind of like restrict things or not even be a part of this platform, but you're also not on the other side of just like where a lot of the platforms unfortunately kind of live. I feel like where they're just sort of like these, you know, these optimists where they just believe so much in the possibilities of the platform. It's like, well, we can't, we can't touch it. Like, it's just like Twitter and Facebook needs to just be what it is. And if we like restrict free speech, then we're like, you know, that's the, the worst thing in the world or whatever. But it's like, yeah, these platforms are powerful. We have to respect that power, use it responsibly, and there can be really positive outcomes that come from that to be, mm-hmm. you know, giving people voices and uh, allowing them to build their confidence and build networks and all that, but it just has to be done in the right way. And you're one of those people that are, you know, really encouraging, uh, you know, college students and staff and all those people that, you know, are either on that journey of finding themselves and building their career and life or helping those people to do that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just really cool. That's why I, you know, I really like what, what you do and how you approach it. Um, cause yeah, I mean, there's, it's certainly just a very complex, uh, kind of new world and new normal that we're approaching, but we just have to mm. you know, take it with that sort of like, okay, well, how do we figure it out? Don't, it's not either just yeah. be like totally hands off or like, you know, be like, well, we, should restrict it, you know, or control it or something. Yeah, well, we got to be um, proactive, preventative, and not just reactive, which is really hard. Um, Already in higher ed with the pace we go about, but also just with tech, because, I mean, Snapchat literally did an update a couple days ago that nobody knew what that was actually going to look like. And now we're hearing students just like run for the hills from it. So the strategy you created for months and years 
could now be complete garbage because you can have a strategy all day, but if your students or whoever your audience is isn't there, then you're just wasting your time. Um, so, but I also want to make sure, like, as a researcher, that I can give the other side of it, like, to tell the real story that's going on, both, like, with my recent research on students is, like, showing how they're struggling a little bit on how to unplug. Like, they're not being empowered anywhere to turn it off. Mm. And honestly, in higher ed, we're not doing any... A, any better service to teach them those tools because we're trying to market to them just as much as every other company is out there. Um, so we're, we need to maybe start to build that in, that skill, that role modeling uh, about what it really means to be on and off our phones. And that just came from some research with Florida that I found. So I got to consider things like that, even with my messages. And I think adults, it's the same thing. So. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm really lucky to do what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, so I'm curious, you know, because we'll, we'll kind of get into, you know, stuff that you're doing currently, um, but it will kind of backtrack and focus a little bit. So, you know, kind of the higher ed little piece of this puzzle um, you know, is there anything that you can trace back? Like, if you, what do you feel like for you as a student? Like, you know, it's almost a thing that we can kind of uh, connect the, the past and the present, I guess, of like, we're supporting students in higher ed uh, every day. And, you know, they're getting experience, getting some sort of uh, something personally, professionally, and anything like that. Like for you, like, what do you feel like your college experience and maybe across undergrad, graduate school, you know, like everything, if you want to open it up that way, but like, what do you feel like your college experience gave you personally and or professionally that you're still using today? Yeah, this is interesting because I'm actually going to my alma mater for the first time since I graduated, which was <clears throat> like 15 years ago. <laughs> so and in South Dakota State, it's changed a lot. Like they're a land grant institution with a lot of land. So they could just grow forever. So I'm so excited to go back and I'm sure some new memories are going to come to mind after I go to the campus. But one core thing that came through my college experience was that I was a student athlete. I played soccer. It, my joke is, well, I wasn't Greek affiliated, but I was an athlete because um, mm. I spent a lot of time with those women. And something else unique about me was I was an underdog. I was the hustler with a lot of heart, but I was not the most talented member on my team, but I was, I mean, call it the team mom or whatever, but I was there for every single one of those women, um, in mentorship. And I mean, obviously when I was on the field, I gave it everything. Like you literally would probably have to drag me off in a gurney, um, after you'd put me in for a while. Cause so my coach just knew I would inject that kind of like energy, even if it was a short period of time. So kind of that underdog mentality, I think through soccer and then just kind of that like team, um, pulling people together. Uh, I think that carries over into my mentality today. Like I just love to root for underdogs, like with the Super Bowl. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I don't even really know this team, but I really want <laughs> really win. Um, so that carries over in who I am, especially now creating my own business. Um, you know, you're <laughs> just feeling like an underdog constantly, but that it really inspires me excites me. And that's why I also see the potentials with social and creating your own content is 
you can be that underdog that can create blogs and podcasts and create your own thing without without all those things you used to have to have. And that that just I'm I just love those potentials that we don't have these barriers like we used to to get our stories out there. Um, so I figured out fairly early, early on being a super involved student outside of athletics that I loved college. And so I had some really great mentors that said, you know, you could do this for a living. And I was like, sign me up. Um, but they were of course a little concerned that I would, uh, I only saw like the fun stuff, like being an orientation leader and student activities. So they started to mentor me right away about the administrative side of student affairs. So I wasn't shocked, you know, I went to grad school, like, Oh, there's a lot of paperwork (laughs) that goes into that. And I ended up being a really, really good administrator, which happened to obviously work out really well with what I'm doing now. So I was really grateful early on that, I was given the realities of what it really means to go into higher ed and student affairs, which I don't think all, um, you could say recruits, maybe are given that um, unglossy, pretty view of the field. And the and the final thing that I thought of with this, um, with my college experience and what I do today is when I think about who my college president was. And I'm totally blanking on her name, but she was, this was before social media. I missed my space by three months in college. Thank goodness. But she was the, and, and South Dakota state was still growing at the time. So I think it was still like around 10,000, which now it's like double that, but she was so accessible and relatable and, and she would have events at her house and she knew me by name. And I thought that was just the bee's knees as a student. And I can take that skill now and apply it to teaching executives why they may see Instagram as silly or why they would post a photo of their dog or their vacation or whatever meeting they just got out of as busy work. But thinking about well, m- me being able to connect with my university president at the time actually was like a very significant memory and meaningful to me. And Presidents are very, very busy, provosts, deans, vice presidents, whatever. So you have more tools now than mine did um, to get yourselves out there and potentially make it even wider impact. So I'm glad I had a president like that that naturally was like that. Um, I'm sure she would be on social media today if she was still president. Um, And so that kind of stuck out to me as something meaningful to try to infuse today with social. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a really cool – yeah, just like a part of your – college experience is almost like, cause they, yeah, on two counts, it goes both ways. Like, you know, sometimes we have really formative experiences where it's, you know, you see something and it's like, I never want to do that. And I'm going to like actively work to like be better, you know, but then also if you just see this like awesome example, like you said, of how accessible a president, you know, president of a university could be, you're like, okay, yeah, like I, I want to you know, strive for that myself or kind of inspire that uh, sort of accessibility in others. But then also like with, yeah, the new tools now, like the accessibility goes both ways to where like, yeah, like anybody can create content and sort of have a huge reach or, you know, kind of define themselves. But it's also like, yeah, like a president could increase their accessibility and relatability. Um, also, like they, you know, it goes both ways. Like, they, you know, people that they might not be able to regularly interact with, they can like now have this, you know, uh, destination that people could go to and uh, you know, see what's going on or, you know, bring feedback or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's really awesome of what, uh, you know, what you Peggy Gordon Miller, that was her name. 
Awesome. Yeah, we gotta yeah, give Dr. her a shout Miller. out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She, um, I'm pretty sure she's retired now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I always feel just something like that, even if it's like, oh, we didn't like, you know, somebody to get tagged in something or whatever. It's just like, uh, whatever, right. you know, is going on, somebody just sort of like felt that ripple perfect. through the force, you know. Um, <laughs> Twitter would but, have answered in some way or right, yeah, form. <laughs> yeah. um, well, yeah, so that kind of brings us, you know, towards the present day in your current work. And, you know, you sort of have, like you said, that kind of underdog mentality, you know, you're going for it. Um, and, you know, you kind of fostered a very comprehensive view of the higher ed work that you're involved in now. Um, so what are those things, you know, a little bit more specifically that you enjoy about your current work? You know, you're somebody that, you know, really does dive into new stuff and kind of, uh, I guess, even just for the exposure to learn about it, but also just to, you know, I think just continuously try to improve, you know, what are those things uh, that you enjoy most about your current work and why? Uh, I mean, I enjoy most everything minus when a flight gets delayed or canceled and those things are like out of your control. Right. Um, but I get it. I get to experiment, which can just be so fun and playful. It can be, there can be a level of exhaustion of anything, right? At, at some point, it's not just about experiment. It's putting it really quality stuff and mm -hmm. really specific um, content and research and things like that. But uh, I, oh, I can, I'm a learner. Like if, you know, my strengths, that's way up there. That's why I got my doctorate. <laughs> I have four degrees. So th this kind of play is basically like me not being able to go get any other future degrees, I can teach myself podcasting or live streaming and again, be that conduit to get it out to other people. Uh, because again, I think we have to be more um, preventative than reactionary about some of these, uh, these platforms and tools. And then I just find the work is much more uplifting if you already approach it through a lens of positive psychology, right? Like if you already believe social media is ruining our society. And some research would say there, there it does cause some negative ripple effects, but I want to show both sides, right? And then what is your role in all of that? Because I believe adults and educators point the fingers to others, including youth, and not enough at themselves. Because where do you think youth learn about tech and social, like even if we don't tell them, they're paying attention to what we do. So sometimes I call us on our own BS, which is fun. So I get to be an instigator when I go to a campus or conference, like I can say things that normally a staff or faculty or even a president can't say. They need somebody else to come in and say those things um, about improvements to be made or just about our society. Um, and I think it's just always balancing that with like having really concrete knowledge with not being overcome with the unknown. I think that's maybe I grew up as an with an educator mentality, not so much an entrepreneur mentality. So it's taken me time to gain the confidence and skills of dealing with the unknown. Like who knows what next year is going to bring. Like I know I'm teaching these courses and doing this research, but who knows what states I'm going to be in. And, and now that's exciting. But at first I was like, whoa, I'm type A. This is really problematic. Mm. But campuses don't and conferences don't book out more than maybe a year. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a big shift. But one of the things I enjoy the very most that I don't even think was on my radar when I thought about 
being a speaker and getting myself out there was I get to see so many friends and family along my way that I I would have seen them eventually, but now I get to see them more often um, from my nieces and nephews. I get to see my parents in April, um, friends from back in college. Like that has been such a, that wasn't on the list of like pros and cons, you know, but um, I, I'm just absolutely loving that piece of what I do too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and so I guess if you want to take it in a route of, you know, those are a little bit more of like the mechanics of your current work of what you enjoy. So like now about the things that you geek out about. So if it's stuff just kind of more personally, professionally or both, you know, if there's anything, um, yeah, that you're geeking out about currently, maybe stuff that you've recently discovered or just kind of stuff all time, uh, that you've always been into. Um, yeah, just anything that you would like to highlight and share out, uh, the things that you're geeking out about currently. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we share our enjoyment of podcasting. I've had my podcast for a little over a year and a half and it, I birthed that thing like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just did a, a live stream about it with some tips, um, of starting a podcast. Cause again, like it was very homegrown from teaching myself everything to getting the sponsor to, um, trying to get really interesting guests that I thought would say no and didn't even blink an eye and said yes, um, called Josie and the podcast. And the other thing that I'm just blown away about, about the podcast, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Dustin, but the guests have taught me so much more than I anticipated, um, that not even just like in podcasting skills, but just like people skills and reflection to have on. It's really important for me to have on different types of guests from their backgrounds and positions and just life experiences. And they've just been amazing um, teachers mm -hmm. uh, from our conversations that everybody gets to hear. So again, I get excited and geeked about accessibility and that's the one thing, obviously, with higher ed, we put so many paywalls but, and, and associations. They put paywalls in front of so much stuff. And for me, and I have paywalls too, right? You have certain ways to see me or hear me it has to be if I come to your school, or your campus, and not everyone can afford that or, or they don't have the power to make that happen. So things like podcasting, live streaming, those are kind of my give backs, right? And that, that makes me as an educator feel just really good. And then for me to be able to learn to and grow from my guests is, is just kind of honestly beautiful. Um, so I've been podcasting for a year and a half and I guess I just get itchy every once in a while for new stuff. So that's why I started the, this live stream series. Um, I have a few left every week has been a different topic. Um, really quick, like 30 minute bite size, basically professional development on topics that people tell me they want to know more about. So I've done LinkedIn, uh, I've done becoming a speaker. This last one was uh, lessons in podcasting. So I have three more that I have to figure out what people want to hear from me about. Um, my parents always are on the live stream, which is adorable to, I always make sure to invite people that are doing the thing I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. uh, my LinkedIn one, I invited a handful of people that I love how they use LinkedIn or speakers or like podcasters. So that. 
That's fun because I think with all the Facebook changes that are happening, uh, we're going to have to go way more organic. And I think live is going to be a really great tool that's been around, but I don't think we've fully jumped into it like we could for as many like uh, fit, like experiences that we have on campuses or at conferences. I think there's way more we can do with live. So I'm trying to kind of role model and again, like experiment for what that could be like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, someday I'll creep into like traditional video, you know, like YouTube kind of stuff, but that's just so darn intimidating. <laughs> um, and then I would love talking about paywalls. I would love to start to pull some of my course curriculum and even talks out into um, more of like a scalable source. So like teachery or um, I don't know, like Udemyfy or even like a LinkedIn course um, like through their platform. What did they buy? Uh, Lydia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you don't have to go to a campus to take my leadership in the digital age course. I could teach that openly anywhere that you could, you know, take for a much smaller fee than <laughs> three credits of a university. Uh, so that's my hope, like long term. And then stuff I'm geeking about, just me, is I am um, all in the bullet journal craze. Uh-huh. I'm not like as talented as like Marcy Walton in, you know, like penmanship and things, but that organization system really works for me. And then I've recently discovered Lou LaRue clothing, which I don't expect you to know that, but I'm it's aware working. of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think Amazon thinks I have children because pretty much everything I geek out and buy on Amazon now is for my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. So I'm like reading all the reviews of developmentally what kids need right now. And I'm just getting all the things. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess, and that's like a, I like the way you kind of almost like frame that of just like, that was all just kind of like what's going on in your personal life. Like you're always sort of like looking at the new tools or platforms to sort of communicate and share ideas. And then also just like how you're sort of living your life and all of that. Cause I know like for me, much of my life is, you know, geeking out about TV and movies and like video games and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, you know, what I want is not just everybody to keep saying like the same TV show. It's like, well, yeah, sure. That's cool to see, you know, like everybody's watching the show at the same time, but just kind of the different routes that people take to just like, yeah, like that, these are the things that are kind of capturing my interest and attention, which for all of us is always kind of in short supply. And, um, yeah, just kind of neat to see, you know, how people come to the questions I ask them about, like what they're geeking out about. Cause it's like, yeah, some of that stuff is like recent discoveries and, you know, or just kind of the most recent applications of kind of, uh, you know, how you've always been, of you know, looking for those new ways to uh, communicate and share ideas and all that. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, with any of those things or anything else that you can think of, like, you know, maybe if it's just over time stuff that maybe you did like kind of go through, you know, even just a fad with or whatever or phase, you know, how do you see, your hobbies and your interests and things like that, like positively contributing to your life. If it's like, you know, community or, um, you know, just inspiring you to, to do different things. So yeah. Like how do you, how have you seen your hobbies and interests, uh, positively contributing to your life? So being a college athlete, the regiment of, um, both the scheduling piece as well as just the physical fitness that you had to be in from like having three a days to like tracking every single thing, um, was 
definitely instilled in me, not so much the craziness. You know, I'm not doing you know, like weightlifting competitions mm. or what is that other craze where you're just like doing weights and you you're like everyone is getting hurt from it. There's these like, gyms like everywhere. Yeah. So that's it, right? Yeah. Like I would break myself. <laughs> would <talk laughs> yeah, it's like intentionally like you confuse your body. You just like do and yeah. it's just like no, you got to like not. Yeah, yeah, I hear there's great community, but right. yeah. so I I in my 20s, I was physically able to do things like marathons and, and half marathons and uh, hit 30. And my body was like, no way, Jose. <laughs> so I had to start to look to other things because I do. I'm a goal oriented person. I like to be challenged. I need to have kind of these metrics. That I'm despite me getting older that I feel like I need to attain. So I had a colleague, um, Steve Lear, he's at University of Merced. He does triathlons and he actually has done like Ironman kind of stuff and I will never go there. But uh, I I grew up a swimmer and I'm mountain biking. I grew up in Wyoming and um, obviously running. So I was like, oh, I could kind of do all three of these. So when I turned 35, I trained and completed competed um in the Chicago triathlon and i mean my time was amazing i did great i mean i wasn't going for placement i just wanted to finish but the swim was difficult like my wetsuit i rented it and i'm small okay like mm. super fun super fun size like ha- like think of a fun size and then like cut it in half okay mm-hmm. so uh, this this wetsuit didn't fit me correctly. I okay. I'd never gotten in the lake yet to swim. I'd only swam in um, pools, so shame on me for not doing that. But the swim was terrifying. I mean, quite honestly, I had a panic attack while I was doing the swim. So it was an achievement just to finish it and get out of the water without getting di- disqualified. Um, and so I was determined that I needed to do that, not that race, but I needed to do another triathlon, even though it wasn't, you know, for, it was honestly, I was doing another one just for me. So I did another one the next year out here in LA. Um, and it was amazing. It was great. And I don't I do think I'll keep doing triathlons. I don't think I need to do them every year. Um, but part of it is sometimes just like proving myself, even if I do stumble, like I did, like I literally thought I was going to die in Lake Michigan. Um, I want to be able to prove myself that I can improve and I can learn from that and then hopefully inspire other people. Cause I even blogged about that experience, like what happened in the race. Um, but again, like training for something teaches you just so much about, uh, from organization to, to confidence. And the thing, the big thing that I've taken with the way you have to train for triathlons is you have theme days. So today's a bike day or today's a running day or swim. And while you could get overwhelmed with the entirety of the training you have to complete, um, just focusing on that day, you're okay for just that day. And I'm having to apply that mentality right now because I'm writing a book and I feel really overwhelmed some days in completing this whole book. So I can make these themed days between the book and the podcast and all these other things I have. I can say, okay, this Saturday is my book day, but Sunday is going to be podcasting because I have so many different, you know, projects and you could say my triathlon of these things that I do in my life. And that has made the whole the whole thing just feel 
it's not like approaching it like a like the bite size of an elephant. It's like I can just be okay focusing on this one thing for today. And that doesn't mean I can do that every day. Some days are hodgepodge of stuff. Um, but that's a lesson both in overcoming something that I had a setback with as well as how to organize my life that is really working for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because um, also, you know, also has the benefit of just like I'm doing this thing that helps me be more fit and well. But it's yeah. like you can learn lessons from it too. Um, totally. So yeah, that's great. Um, mm. Well, so yeah, so we start to wrap up here. Um, what are just kind of generally the things that you are reading, watching, you know, and or listening to um, that's capturing your attention? Okay, so some podcasts when I'm ready to like be inspired by other women in business. I listen to being boss. Um, when I want to be updated on the U S but maybe feel really bad about it <laughs> is pod save America. Um, that one's a great one. Um, Anna Ferris, her unqualified. I'm just like giggling like a little kid or like, it's, it's just so hilarious, but most of the time inappropriate. Um, and then one podcast that I don't think a lot of people have shared out too much. It just started and they're about to do season two. They release almost like Netflix. So they release all their episodes at once, um, is academic gig. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's like academic and then gig by Katie Linder and Sarah Langworthy. Um, and it's a bit more of like the business entrepreneur side of academics and they're just really, um, fun to listen to together. Um, yeah. So then I have like guilty pleasures that I watch on TV that just like are brain shutoffs, like, uh, married at first sight and sister wives. <laughs> just like, I don't know. And then I'm binging on the Americans right now. Um, that's on Amazon prime. I can, so I can watch that anywhere with my travels. Um, and then I feel like lately on my Kindle, they're kind of like, co I'm not coaching, but like, cheerleader books like like rah-rah like get, get me get me excited and like inspired so mm -hmm. like braving the wilderness with Brene Brown play your bigger game Rick uh I don't know how you say his last name Tamron maybe and then this other one um thrive by Ariana Huffington there's so much stuff about social and tech that's really been interesting too and then open leadership by Charlene Lee um talks about digital leadership within corporate which I always geek out about so those are a few there. Yeah, all good stuff. Um, and yes, yeah, I know some that like people like kind of push back on like the like the guilty pleasure thing, where it's like I'm not guilty <laughs> about it at all. But it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's, it's sort of the thing. It's like if it's almost just sort of like uh, like fast food TV kind of thing. It's like yeah, I'm not really like investing in this. I just like want something on in the background or just something kind of quick to just like you know check my brain at the door and just kind of like. Yeah, watch something ridiculous. Um, I mean, the only thing, yeah. Married at First Sight, it has a higher success rate than The Bachelor. So for anybody that's been watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette, that is my argument against you. Like, at least this thing is producing married couples. So that's that's it. <laughs> that is a very fair criticism, yeah. <laughs> like, this show where it's like, this really tries to build up. Like, it's just this, like, soulmates finding each other over, like, this whole season. And it's like they don't ever stay together. I don't think any of them have, or like very few, like it's not, they don't have a good success rate. So, I know. um, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. um, but, uh, yeah, we'll link out to all that stuff in the, in the show notes here. Um, so we will end here uh, on a positive note, uh, to be optimistic, uh, something that you are looking forward to, uh, in your job, life and, or, 
the world. So if there's a bunch of stuff or just any one singular thing that you're, you're really looking forward to, um, yeah, just to end everything here on an optimistic note. Yeah. Well, in the short term, um, I am building my empire or my team. Um, I'm bringing on some interns, which I'm excited about, not just to like have more help in doing these things I'm trying to do independently, but, you know, to really be able to develop like I used to a student for um, at least six months. So I'm starting to do interviews for my interns. Um, and uh, I'm hoping my business can be the kind of thing that I can build and, and others that I can help impact for a longer period of time. Um, that's kind of the next step that I see with me, um, which I know is really like Tom Kriegelstein's model, even though I don't, I'm not comparing myself to him. My, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but I, I miss, especially like working with students day in and day out to see that growth and, and helping them um, with what, uh, like the mentorship piece. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we have a family vacation to celebrate my parents' 40th um, this summer in Yellowstone. I grew up in Wyoming, but I've only been there a few times in my life. And it's just freaking beautiful there. And then this book, it is going to come out someday, I swear. It's probably going to be more like 2019. I'm going through a publisher with it, so that slows everything down. But that will be amazing once that comes out. Um, so, yeah, those are a few things I'm looking towards. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, like it's kind of like short-term, near-term, long-term, uh, and just like mm -hmm. yeah, personally and professionally, all good stuff. So, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of great stuff that we talked about. Again, really appreciate your time hanging out here. Um, we'll obviously have folks, uh, uh, give folks ways to connect with you and all the stuff that we mentioned. And um, yeah, just always enjoy talking to you. So um, thank you. Too. you and uh, yeah, just have a good rest of your week. You too. Great. This podcast is a proud member of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices and thoughtful discussions to the higher ed community. Check us out online at connectedu.network or on Twitter at ConnectedUPod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.